Um, we're continuing on our, our series in the evenings, as we said, warnings and examples. And I just read, want to read the, the passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and, and then highlight the point that I want to speak about tonight. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. In verse 6, Paul says, Now these things occurred as examples to us, to keep us, sorry, from setting our hearts on evil things as they did. Do not be idolaters as some of them were. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. We should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 of them died. And we should not test Christ as some of them did and were killed by snakes. And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. These things happened to them as examples and were written down as warnings for us on whom the culmination of the ages has come. And so I just want to speak for the next while about verse 10. And do not grumble, as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. My title for tonight is Do Not Grumble. Really creative, wasn't it? Really like out there, but I didn't, I couldn't think of anything else, so do not grumble. Um, would anyone in here admit that they are a bit of a moan? Yeah, yeah, some people are okay. Um, for all you who didn't, put your hands up. Um, I'll give you a question, you can stick your hands up. Are any of you liars? Yeah, yeah, come on. If you're not, if you don't put your hand up for the first one, you're a second. We're all a bit of a moan. Um, and I sort of re- tried to wrestle with this thought that I was a moan. People kept telling me it, and I thought, no, you're the moan, you just don't like me. Um, and I used to just like grow up thinking um, that sometimes I was a bit of a moan about some stuff. And I thought, maybe when I get older, like it will just leave me. Like I'm a bit of a moan in primary school because primary school's tough, and someone was in the sandpit, and I wanted to be in the sandpit, and so like... You know, when we, we, we get older and we don't have sand pits, everything will be better. And then you move into secondary school and you just think, uh, I started to moan then about because someone had better like school shoes than me, someone had kickers and I had like non-kicker ones. And so I just, I started to moan and complain about that. And I just thought maybe when I get older and I can have money, then I can buy my own kickers. Um, and I used to just get older and I used to just moan and moan and moan about things. Um, and I used to think that my complaining and my grumbling and my moaning was, was a circumstantial thing. It was because of the circumstances of my life. It was because of the situations that I was, that I was in. Our grumbling and our moaning isn't a circumstantial issue. It's a heart issue. You see, sometimes we can think that grumbling and complaining is just a seasonal thing. It's because of this, do you know what, this week's just really tough. This week's been really hectic and really busy. And so we think it's, we're allowed to grumble and complain because it's just that this week's tough. Or see this weather, see this, it's two degrees and it's March. Like, what's the crack here? This is not okay. And we think, well, when the weather picks up, see when like June, July and August come, the grumbling will cease. The grumbling will stop. The complaining, sorry, I'm going to say complaining. Who says grumbling? Like, you're a real grumbler. Um, but we, we think that it's these situations and these circumstances that actually cause us to grumble and complain. This job, this weather, it's this sickness, this cold, this relationship, this week, this church. Sometimes we can, we can tag our, our complaining and our, our grumbling down to a circumstance rather than the issue is, is actually to do with us. And they say, they, we start to say things like, you know what, when things pick up, when things get better, grumbling, my grumbling and my complaining are going to stop. 
And this is a lie that we tell ourselves, guys. This is a lie that we tell ourselves because what happens is we don't want us to be the issue. We don't want it to look like the issue lies in me that I complain and that I grumble. And so we trick ourselves into thinking it's all about a circumstance. And so what we do is we don't actually get to the root of the problem. We don't actually address the heart issue. The grumbling and complaining is actually to do with us. And so what do we do is we, we divert attention. We don't talk about it. We don't get to the root of the problem. The complaining and grumbling is actually about us. And so then we go through life. The result is that we go through life just complaining and grumbling in every situation and circumstance that we find ourselves in. And then you will say, you might have found yourself saying some things like this. Am I ever going to get a break in life? Or do you know what? Life's just unfair at the minute. Or luck's just not on my side. We can say things like this in every season that we go through because we think our, our complaining and our grumbling and our moaning is a circumstantial thing, but in fact, it's a, it's a heart issue. It's something to do with us. And, and tonight, I want to address this heart issue. That's why we, I got us to, to let God in, to open our hearts, to search our hearts, to say, hey, if, there is an, if we find ourselves complaining and grumbling and moaning in every season, it's a heart issue. And tonight, we want to address that. Tonight, we're going to open up and have a bit of reflection on your own life and your own heart and see where is the issue here? And I believe there's some things that, that we read in the, the story of the Israelites through their history that we can pinpoint some things that cause the issue of grumbling in our hearts. And, and tonight this might help um, you to pinpoint where is the issue. Even as I speak, sometimes, some, th- some of you might be sitting here going, no, like grumbling, it's not a hard issue with me. It's my circumstance. Can I beg you and plead with you to, to open up your heart and let God start to address some stuff in you? Because grumbling isn't a circumstantial issue, it's a heart issue. And I believe one of the first things that, that we see, that the issue with uh, the grumbling in our heart is this, down to a lack of trust, a lack of trust. The passage that we read in, in, in 1 Corinthians 10 here tells the story of the Israelites when they get to Canaan. They're on the edge of Canaan, 12 spies go in, 10 are full of fear, 2 are full of faith, and they come out and, and they, they think, you know, we can't take this land we can't take this land. We can't get into this promised land. It's a fortified city. There's giants. We cannot do this. And so what they do is they start to talk amongst the group and say, we can't do this. We're not going to, we're not going to take this land. We won't be able to do this. And so what it, then we go into Numbers chapter 14, which tells us that the people start to grumble. They start to complain. They start to moan against Moses and against God. And the heart of the issue is a lack of trust. They don't trust that the promise God spoke to them, that it was, he was actually going to pull through. They don't believe and trust in God. And that sounds harsh for me to say because some of you might in here do have a heart to, to grumble like all of us to complain. And for me to pinpoint it and say, you don't trust God is, is a bit heavy, but it is the truth. We blame our complaining and our grumbling on our, our, our circumstances when in actual fact it's because we do not trust God. And we still base it on our circumstances. But First Thessalonians 1 and 6, Paul writes and says, You became imitators of us and of the Lord, for you welcomed the message in the midst of severe suffering with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. 
This tells us that actually you can have joy in really difficult circumstances. That in difficult circumstances, you can't say simply, I'm just going through a tough time and I'm allowed to complain and I'm allowed to grumble because Paul says, hey, in the most severe suffering you're going through, you can still have joy given by the Holy Spirit. Thankfulness and grumbling, regardless of your situation, even your suffering, reflects your heart. Thankfulness and grumbling, regardless of your situation, church, reflects your heart. We can have joy in every situation if we fully rely and trust on God. And to to, to almost break this point off into two further points, our lack of trust in God can take two different forms. It can take this, it can take the form of a lack of patience, a lack of patience. The God, you believe that you don't trust God and you grumble and you complain because God is not working to your time frame. God is not working in the way that, and the timings that you think that God should work. Jesus tells a parable in, in Mark chapter 4, verse 26 to 29. Jesus said, this is what the kingdom of God is like. A man scatters seed on the ground. Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. Look at this in verse 28. All by itself, the soil produces grain. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And as soon as the grain is ripe, he puts the sickle to it because the harvest has come. What, what is this an analogy of? This is an analogy of some of the promises, the word of God resting on our lives, some of the things that God has spoken over your life, some of the promises that God has given you. And he, what, what analogy Jesus is using here is it's a process. It takes a process. The farmer scatters seed, the seed goes into the ground, the water comes, the sun comes. There's a bit of a process. And in verse 28, it tells us that all by itself, the soil produces grain and gives us stages. First the stalk, then the head, then the full kernel in the head. And see, it's this, this stage of the journey, this stage of the promise that God has for your life, this stage that God is taking you on through your life. It's this point that we grumble and complain the most because of a lack of patience. It says that, that first the stalk, then the head. Sometimes we want God's timing and God's time frame in our lives to work quicker than where we're at. And if it doesn't go as quick as we want it, then we start to complain. We start to grumble. We don't trust God in the process. We don't trust God is actually going to fulfill what he says he will do. It's during this stage in verse 28 that we grumble. And we see this littered throughout the Israelites' journey. Exodus chapter 15, the the Israelites have just left. They've left slavery, 400 years in slavery. God takes them out of it. God splits the sea and they walk through it. Then they're at the other side and they're wandering about for three days and then they get to a pool of water that is bitter. And they don't trust God because they start to complain. They've been walking around for three days. They think, any chance of a drink, God? But they're not trusting his timing. And they start to grumble and they start to complain. We see another story like this in the New Testament. Jesus is on his way to to heal Jairus' daughter. Do you remember Jairus, the synagogue leader? His 12-year-old daughter is dying. Jesus is on his way. And this woman in the crowd reaches out and touches the back of his robe. And instantly she is healed. Instantly the power from Jesus transfers to her and she is healed from 12 years of bleeding. And Jesus stops to have a moment with this woman. 
But Jairus and everyone else's, uh, and Jairus's uh, advisors come running from his house saying, do you know what? The, what? the girl's dead. Don't worry about it, Jesus. Don't worry. Don't worry about coming home. He starts to grumble. He starts to complain. He starts to moan because he doesn't trust. They don't trust Jesus. They don't trust what Jesus has said. A lack of impatience proves that we do not trust God. And it causes us to grumble. Another way of a lack of trusting God is this, is a lack of understanding. A lack of understanding. That God isn't working in the process in the way that you think it should. God isn't doing what you think he should. You have your life mapped out, your dreams and your plans, and if God would do it this way, well then great, I trust you. But if God starts to divert and take things a bit of a different way, then we start to grumble and complain. John chapter 6, verse 41 and 42. Am I coming on the screen? Jesus is, is with a crowd of people here. And this is where Jesus announces that he is the bread of life. He tells people that he is the son of God. And look at these two verses. He's just said this. John 6, 41. At this time, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? Jesus has just told people, I am the bread of life. I am the son of God. And they're like, mate, you're Joseph's son. What are you talking about? We know you. We know your mom and dad. We know you were born here. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Because what Jesus said to them and what they know don't make sense. What Jesus is saying to them and what they know doesn't make sense. And I wonder if this can cause grumbling amongst us between God because the thing that God is saying about your life, the direction that God is taking your life in doesn't match up with what you know, doesn't match up with what you wanted. And so what we do is we start to grumble and complain. Or I find myself doing this with other people. I find myself looking at some of your lives and seeing what God is doing in your life. And it doesn't match up with what he's doing in mine. And so I start to complain. I start to moan. I start to give off. Because God might be challenging some of you to give more money away. And you give more money. And I don't understand it. It's a lack of understanding of God working in your life. And so I start to complain. What are they like? Flipping Holy Joe there, giving more money. Where do they think they are? getting up and praying in front. Well, they, dead on. Who are you trying to be? And it's a lack of understanding. It's a lack of that that causes me to grumble and complain to other people because I don't see what God is doing in your life. Lack of trust. We grumble because we don't trust God. The second thing that I think might be the issue with some of us, that might be the issue with me, I know for me anyway, but it might pinpoint for some of you, is a lack of recognition. Lack of recognition. We grumble and we complain because we forget what God has done in the past. This is the story of the Israelites' lives. This is basically, like, I'm not going to, like, say heresy here, but this is basically what the whole Old Testament is summed up in. Time after time after time after time again, they forget what God has done in their lives. A lack of recognition. Let me point some things out just within. You can find this in Exodus chapter 14 to 17, I think it is. 
Within three or four chapters, you can find all of this stuff that they grumble about. God delivers them from slavery. 400 years in slavery, God delivers them from it. They grumble. They start to moan. Then God says, okay, I am going to split the sea. A miracle every single one of us would love to see. He splits the sea and provides a way for them to go through this. They grumble. They complain, they grumble when they get to the other side. God takes them to a pool of water that is bitter. He gets Moses to take a piece of wood, throws the wood in the water. The water goes from bitter to drinkable. They have fresh water to drink. They complain. They complain and they grumble after that. Then they're hungry. They want a bite to eat. They're looking for like a a Nando's or a McDonald's or they're looking for something to eat. And God says, okay, what's going to happen? You're going to go to sleep and I'm going to bring down manna from heaven. I'm going to literally send food from heaven. And he sends them, and every single day he sends them food. He says, you go out every single day and you collect enough for that day. And he does this for 40 years. What happens? They grumble. They complain. What else happens? God takes them to a rock. God says, there's a rock there. He says, Moses, take it with your stick and hit it. He hits it. Water comes gushing out. Provides more water for them. What do they do? They grumble and complain. You can read later on in Numbers chapter 20 where again they come to another rock. Again, God tells them to speak to the rock this time. Instead of speaking to the rock, Moses hits it with his stick. He is disobedient to God. But what does God do? He still provides water for them. What do they do? They complain and they grumble. All through these times, we are seeing time and time again, there is a lack of recognition of what God's done in their past and yet they still complain. They still grumble and they still complain. One thing Pip loves to say, there's several things he loves to say. He loves to say, says, that's wrong. Um, But he says this, a big part of our spiritual maturity is a strong sense of our own history. A big part of our spiritual maturity is a strong sense of our own history. I wonder, would many of us grumble less if we were to simply recognize what God has done in the past? I wonder how much many of us would complain less if we were to be reminded of what God has done in the past of our life. Do you know what we're we're really good at doing that in church? We're really good at asking for prayer requests, aren't we? We love prayer requests. Coming up and giving prayer requests. Bible study on a Wednesday night, prayer requests. Hey, can you pray for me? Put it out on Facebook. And hey, I'm not belittling. Keep the prayer requests coming. But know what we need more of? We need some more praise reports. We need to start celebrating what God's done. We need to start celebrating the the prayer requests, what God has answered. Because with this, we can start to celebrate and we can start to recognize what God's doing in our lives. And I wonder, would we grumble less if we would have a more understanding? God is actually answering the prayers we are saying. I wonder if you took a journal, took a phone, took a piece of paper, used a whiteboard in your fridge, whatever it is, and just started to write down each day, God answering a prayer in your life. Over the space of a year, I wonder how much we would complain and grumble less because we see God is actually doing some things in my life. Here's a couple of things that might remind you. Remember how God protected you from making a shipwreck of your life. Remember how God graciously let you grow up in a godly family. Remember how God awakened you to the ugliness of your sin. Remember how you walked away from that terrible car crash. Remember how your wife, sister, or mum survived breast cancer. Remember how you had mentors and key friends to guide you in your life. 
Remember how God sustained you during that season of unemployment. Remember how God miraculously healed you. Remember that impossible prayer request that God answered. Remember how you had no money and an envelope just showed up in the mail with exactly the amount you needed. Remember how the gospel came alive in your life as it never, never has had before. I wonder if we would grumble less and praise God more if we recognized what he was, has done in our lives. And the last thing that I wonder is a lack of awareness. A lack of awareness. We have a, a, a lack of trust. We have a lack of recognition. And I wonder if it is a lack of awareness. Not, not awareness of God, but awareness of other people. You see, I can get so caught up in myself. I can get so caught up about me and thinking about Davy and thinking about what Davy wants. That what happens? I become so inward focused. I become so selfish. I start to think about what I want. I become selfish. And grumbling germinates in a selfish heart. Grumbling germinates in a selfish heart. When you start thinking about yourself, when you start being inwardly focused, Grumbling starts to germinate and grow and spread in a selfish heart. Jude chapter 1 verse 16 says this, These people are grumblers and fault finders. They follow their own evil desires. They boast about themselves and flatter others for their own advantage. You see, when we, when we aren't aware of others around us, but we're simply inward focused, selfishness doesn't fight grumbling. It feeds it. It feeds our grumbling. We start to think about ourselves. We start to stop thinking about other people and we just become more and more selfish and start to complain and moan because we look at other people and we think, look what they have. I wish I had that. I wish I had that job. I wish I had that opportunity. I wish I had that car. I wish I had those clothes. I wish I had that. And we start to wish that we had it. We start to become selfish. And what happens? We start to complain. We start to moan. And there's one particular passage that I love in the Bible. It just, it's a passage about Jesus and it just blows me away. And it's found in John chapter 13. And it'll hopefully come up on the screen here. John chapter 13. Jesus has just washed the disciples' feet. He is having his last meal with them. The next day he is about to die. And it says in, in John chapter 13 verse 30, As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out. And it was night. Jesus knew that Jesus, Judas was going to go and betray him. He knew that his, one of his friends was going to leave and betray him to death. And he has just left. He's sitting there with his other disciples in this room. For me, this is the perfect time to grumble. This is the perfect time to complain. This is the perfect time to have a go at Judas. But it says this. When he was gone, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man is glorified and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, he is aware of the other people, outward focused. I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I will tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. He's not focused on himself. He's aware of the other people. And so he doesn't complain and he doesn't grumble. 
He starts, to, he starts to love them. He starts to give new commands. He doesn't complain because he is aware of those around him. There is a reason that in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, Jesus says it is, it is you are more blessed to give than to receive. Because when we're outward focused, we don't grumble, we don't complain. We see the others around us and we want to show them love. We see other people and we're not selfish, we are selfless and it leads to less grumbling. So in all of those, what are, where do you lie? Where do we lie? Is it a lack of trust? Is it a lack of recognition what God has done? Is it a lack of awareness of the other people around you? I'm going to ask the band to, to come and join me here. For me, here is why this idea of do not grumble is so important. Philippians 2, verse 14 and 15 this is, for me, is why we need a bit of motivation, why this is important. Paul says, do everything without grumbling or arguing so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. We live in a, a society and a, a we live in a culture where people just complain and grumble. And if we were to be like them, we would be just like a, a night sky. But Paul is saying here, if, if, you don't crumb, if you don't grumble, don't complain, don't argue, you will, be, you will shine to, among them like stars in the sky. You see, the Bible tells us that what the mouth, the mouth speaks, what the heart conveys. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so if we could pinpoint where the heart issue for us is, a lack of trust, a lack of recognition, a lack of awareness, that we might be able to speak the right words. We might be able to speak truth and life. Friends, what we speak matters. What we say matters. The verse that we throw out to these guys every Friday night is 1 Timothy 4.12. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but be an example. One of the five things they ask you to be an example is, is what you say, because what you say matters. So you can go into tom work tomorrow, or well, if you're off, then good luck. Um, Tuesday, you could go in on Tuesday. You go into your home tonight. Wherever you are, you could go in. And whatever week you may have ahead of you, whatever circumstance you may go through, you could see how faithful God has been in the past in your life. You could trust Him no matter what season you're going through. And the words that you could speak could shine like a star in the sky. They could shine to those around you. There's some people in, in church that for me, this, they have exampled this so well. One of the groups of people is the Miles family. Make sure his testimony. They've went through some difficult, heart-wrenching things. I have never heard them grumble. Never, ever heard them grumble. For me, they're a star that shines in the sky. Another one is one of our young people, Jack. I've told this story before. And all of him going through his, the heartache of him losing his mum, any conversation I had, he held on to the promise 
David, I just, I just, I believe I'll see her saved. Didn't complain, didn't grumble. He was a star that shone in the sky. Derek McCaig. Derek McCaig has had some illnesses and struggles. Every time I see Derek McCaig, he'll give me a hug or shake my hand. I've never heard him grumble or complain about his health. These are just some people that we rub shoulders with every week, every day. But yet their lack of, their, their trust of God, sorry, their trust of His timing, their trust of His recognition of what He's done in the past, their trust and their awareness of other people has caused them to be lights. This is why it matters, guys. This is why it matters that we don't grumble because we can shine where we go. And so these things are written to us as examples and written as warnings for us so that we don't stumble and that we don't fall. Can I encourage you? If one of these things has, has pierced your heart, maybe it is a lack of awareness, maybe it's a lack of recognition, a lack of, of trust, can I encourage you to trust God? Trust God's timing, trust God's process. Can I encourage you to look back and see how faithful He's been in your lives, to write some stuff down, because you would be amazed at what He has done in your life. And can I encourage you to open your eyes, to lift your head, to be aware of others. Let's stand, I'm gonna pray, and then we're gonna, we're gonna worship.